here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> Every time I love it. Guys, welcome back to Beyond Sunday, where we take you inside the culture of Vox Church. And I am sitting here with the one and only JK. Oh, also it's a privilege. Pastor Justin Kendrick. Welcome, buddy. I am so excited to hang out today. Always, always. It is always, it's always a pleasure. A good time. And you bought me a coffee. I did. Iced coffee. I did. You know, Very it's thoughtful. just something. It's a little hot today, so mm-hmm. I felt like iced is important. That's right. You know, everyone should stay hydrated out there. That's, <laughs> that's uh, you know, a little public service announcement for all of our that's listeners. Right. Stay hydrated. That's Water good. is important, but coffee is more important. That's right. That's right. I read that. Yeah. You know, Kurt can drink endless amounts of coffee. I you do, really impressed me. I do love coffee. I mean, coffee. I'm pretty good, but you're on a different level. I I do. I just love the taste. I know. You know, coffee yeah. is just, it warms the soul. It's a, it is a, it is a gift <laughs> to all of us. It's true. So there's so many things going on. I can't wait to dive into today's, uh, today's podcast, but you know, let's start with the building of the church. I drove down there just the other day yeah. and I mean, I, it seems like they put the entire frame up in two days. 131 Commercial Parkway. Listen, if you are anywhere near Brantford, come visit, drive through. It is exciting. It really is. It's uh, it's flying up this summer. It's going to be uh, July, and they're sheetrocking. I mean, wow. it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's really exciting. We're really believing to open this year, weekly services, everything uh, permitted and finished and everything, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty and I exciting. know you guys did something with the offices. Uh, you had all the em- employees come down and write stuff on the studs. Are you going to do something like that yeah. with the, yeah, yeah, we'll do some special stuff. We've already taken some time just to, uh, pray for people specifically by name. And if you were a part of that groundbreaking, we buried all of those names in the foundation of the building. So yeah. there are hundreds of hundreds of names that we are praying and believing God for literally in the foundation of the building. And then uh, when construction happens, yeah, we'll have some opportunities just to pray over the space, dedicate it to Jesus. And uh, it's awesome. It's yeah, really it's, it's going to be so, I mean, because the offices are right there. So every yeah. single time you drive by, you're like, oh, the, the roof is, is up and this is up and I that. Know. I mean, it's actually, it's real exciting to see it piece by piece. I know. You know, typically for a construction project, you don't, you're not there every day. Right. But just driving by, I mean, I'm excited. I know. I actually get excited pulling up to see like what they do today. Yeah, you know, and if there's nothing like dramatic, I'm like, oh, and then, <laughs> they're and then not I, working today. Yeah, I know. What are they doing? <laughs> and then I go up and I'm like, oh my goodness, look, there's a whole section completed. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's exciting. So you also have a new sermon series coming out, we which do. I want to talk about briefly because yep. you are very excited about this sermon series. I am. And so give us a little insight about what to expect. Yeah. So month of July, we're doing a series called Radiant, where we're looking at the book of Philippians and we're going to actually be just walking line by line through the book. Years ago, two years ago, we did something called 28 to Change, where yeah. we challenged our church to take 28 days to develop the habit of spending daily time reading the Bible and praying. And uh, we've put together a new 28 to Change devotional that'll come out for the month of July and walk us through the book of Philippians. So that's going to be awesome. Honestly, though, we go right into another really exciting teaching series in August called The Fire Remains, looking at how to burn bright without burning out. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Just a fun summer, really going deeper in our understanding of how to keep your soul healthy and how to keep your spiritual life vibrant. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm looking forward to both of those. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. So I, real quick, before we dive into today's topic, one thing I wanted to touch with you is the book that is coming out that you actually wrote. I did. We discussed this briefly. Uh, Can you give us the title? Yeah, for sure. So the book is called Bury Your Ordinary. Mm. It comes out on September 1st. And we're actually going to. September 1st. Let's go. Yeah. We're going to do starting the 26th, I think it is. We start an eight week teaching series. We're going to walk through the content of the book, but uh, I'm so passionate about this. You know, I think that 
If spiritual growth in our lives really does produce a vibrant, healthy, joy-filled life, and I believe that it does, I believe spiritual growth does produce those things, then how do we grow spiritually, right? And mm -hmm. I think a lot of Christians don't have a very intentional plan. So they're growing spiritually kind of by like showing up to church and going to community group, but they haven't really thought through like, what am I doing daily to grow spiritually? Well, this book answers that question and it messes with our ordinary routines. That's mm -hmm. why it's called bury your ordinary. But when we develop some new life habits, the implications are pretty incredible. So I've been working on this for years and years. And so I'm really excited to mm -hmm. get it out. Is this one of those things where you can get a, uh, I mean, have people read this close to you or is it just you and your publisher? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's the first book I'm ever working with David C. Cook. They've been awesome, great publisher. And so I've invited a small circle of people to review it, read it, help me. Mm -hmm. And so they've been working on it with me for a couple of years. Thankful for that. Uh, a bunch of leaders outside the church have also spoken into it, read it, endorsed it, you know, kind of gotten behind it, which is awesome. We'll be building over the course of the summer, a launch team. So anybody that wants to get involved, help us get the word out. Uh, they'll get some advanced stuff from the book, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. And, uh, and yeah, we're just, you know, the goal is really, we want to use this to make a real specific impact in the spiritual growth of people's lives. So, uh, my heart's on fire for it. I'm really excited. September one. Yeah. It's good. September one. Yeah. And another, uh, on the first of August is actually a date I'm looking forward yes. to because my daughter actually came up to me and she said, Hey, I think I want to be baptized, yeah. you know? So I kind of went through the questions with her and you know, yep. she is seven turning eight in August, actually two days later. Yep. And you know, we just talked about it and I'm actually excited because we are doing baptism on August 1st. Yes. And yes, oh, we are. Big deal. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to cut you off because yeah. I, I actually, it's funny, we didn't even talk about this, but my youngest son, Ezra, also came to me and mm -hmm. said, Dad, I want to get baptized. When's the next time? And so he's he's getting baptized too. So it's going to be a big day. Oh. Big day for the Garceau and uh, yeah. Kendrick hey, families. August 1st. Yeah. Mark it down. And so speaking of baptisms, uh, there are some questions that I've had conversations with people. They don't necessarily, uh, it's not that they don't understand what baptisms are, yep. but they kind of wanted to dive a little bit deeper. So yeah, I was hoping great. in today's podcast, we can just have a brief conversation about what baptisms do it. really are. So, you know, JK, why, according to the Bible, why are baptisms so important? Yeah. So uh, Matthew 28, Jesus tells his disciples to go out and make disciples, right? He says, go out make disciples among the nations. And then the first thing he tells them to do is baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So sometimes God gives us physical actions to represent spiritual truths. And so the physical action is important and the spiritual truth is even more important, right? And so the physical action is to get dunked in water. Mm -hmm. It's just a natural physical thing, right? It doesn't have any magical powers per se. It's just a physical act, but it's an act of obedience and an act of faith. And so God uses that act of faith as a marker in our lives to say, this one is a follower of Jesus, right? So God's saying, I'm giving you a physical action to define your faith commitment physically for other people to see. And so yeah, faith is an internal thing. It's an invisible thing, but that invisible thing comes alive by an act of faith. And so in one sense, it's an act of obedience. And so this is important because I think a lot of people say, well, I follow Jesus. I love Jesus. And I think one question that we always come back to, especially around baptism time, is how can you say you're a follower of Jesus if you're disobeying the first thing he told you to do, mm -hmm. right? So the first thing he told us to do is get dunked in water 
as a display of your commitment to me. Mm. Now, in the Old Testament, baptism was something that was practiced. John the Baptist introduced baptism to prepare people for Christ. It was a way of saying, wash away my sins, God. Give me new life, God, right? And so this was an act that was done. We know in the uh, in the Old Testament, there's a great story of a, uh, a general named Naaman, a foreign general who comes to the prophet Elijah and he says, I've got leprosy, I need to be healed. And Elijah says, I want you to dunk seven times in the Jordan River. And uh, Naaman won't do it. He's like, that's a dirty old river. I could have just done that in Assyria with a beautiful river. Why would I go and do this? And he's about to leave. And his, his, uh, his men say, hold on, hold on. If the prophet told you to do something difficult, wouldn't you obey? Why not just do this seemingly silly thing? Naaman does it. He dunks seven times in the, in the Jordan River and God supernaturally heals him. And he realizes, wow, that act of humility released the blessing. In the same way, this act of humility, humbling ourselves, doing something that seemingly looks silly, I'm going in water, I'm coming out, actually releases blessing. And so that's the physical thing, but there's a spiritual truth. And in the book of Romans, it talks about this spiritual truth. It says that you were dead in baptism, buried with Christ, and then you rose with him in baptism through new life. So in other words, it's a spiritual act and God is working in the middle of your action. So when you go under that water, it represents my old life is over. And when you come out of that water, it represents I am a new creation in Jesus. And again, God responds to our act of faith. So my faith action actually releases God's power. So Mm -hmm. in baptism, I should expect greater freedom from sin. I should expect a greater power of God, a greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit because I'm obeying God in this act of faith. And so it's a powerful time. And uh, we really believe that it's a time where people are filled with the Holy Spirit. People are empowered to live a life of faith. And, uh, and it's always amazing just to see people make that public declaration of their faith. Yeah. I mean, those are some of the most powerful, uh, experiences to be, especially when was it? It was last year. It was last year at the North Haven fairgrounds. Yes. Baptism. (laughs) It was incredible. It was incredible. I mean, it was just, I don't know if it was the combination of the worship team or the, yeah. you know everything, just everything coming together. The Holy Spirit, oh, man, that broke was out awesome. among us. Yeah, it was awesome. awesome. You yeah. know, if you guys haven't been to a service where they do baptisms, make sure you go that. Just experience it, whether you've been baptized or not. But just yep. experience, you know, the the pure joy that people have when I they know. come out of that water. It yeah. is it is spectacular. Power. So a follow up question to that, J.K. is. Is baptism necessary for salvation? Right. I know this is one of the questions that, you know, some people have. That sure. Like, hey, you know, my father passed away. He believed, he accepted Jesus as, right. his, as his Lord and Savior, yep. but he wasn't baptized. Yep. So is that necessary right. for salvation? So the Bible says, by grace you have been saved through faith, not the result of works so that no one can boast, right? Mm. In other words, salvation does not come by the blood of Jesus plus this action, the blood mm-hmm. of Jesus plus be, giving money to church, the blood of Jesus plus coming every Sunday, the blood of Jesus plus getting baptized, yeah, yeah. right? So by grace through faith alone. So baptism does not save you per se, right? In other words, you can go to heaven and be not baptized. How do we know that? Well, the thief on the cross next to Jesus, he said, remember me. Jesus didn't say, well, too bad you don't have opportunity to be baptized, right? He said, today I'll see you in paradise. Mm -hmm. And so clearly we see in scripture that an individual can be saved if they're not baptized. So that I don't think it's a prerequisite for salvation. I don't think it's salvation plus baptism or, you know, Faith in Christ plus baptism equals now you're in heaven. No, no, I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the scripture teaches that. However, 
Baptism is an act of obedience. And so if I'm a Christian, if I'm a follower of Christ, then being a follower of Christ fundamentally means I follow Christ. And the first thing he said was be baptized. So how can you say I'm following Christ and not be baptized? And so I would say there is an urgency. It doesn't save you from sin, but it is evidence that you've been saved from sin Mm -hmm. because your heart's going to want to obey him. So that's a big question. That's, and that's a big deal. I think, I think that, you know, there is a sense of urgency around baptism. People should do it. Yeah. And so not necessarily the Christian religion, but other religions, they baptize you as a baby. Yeah. And some, some Christians do too. It's so my question is being baptized as a baby, does that, uh, I've had a conversation. Yeah. It doesn't count. I I mean, I don't want to like put it like (laughs) that, but you know, does it, does it count as, as being quote unquote baptized? Right. So I was baptized as a baby. I was Catholic growing up. Catholics baptize babies. And this is something that the church has debated about for centuries. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what I would say is in general, uh, you know, we honor and love the body of Christ yeah. and very wise, very brilliant theologians have been on both sides. And so I don't want to say that those who, who practice infant baptism, you know, like aren't our brothers. They are, there are brothers and sisters in Christ. What we would say as Christians who read the Bible and at Vox church is we would say, we believe in believers baptism. And what that means is what we can see in scripture is every time a person was baptized, it was through their own profession as a believer. We don't have any instances that we can find, and people have debated this for generations, but it depends on your reading of some texts. But we don't believe that there are babies being baptized anywhere in the Bible that we can find. And so we would say every time you see a baptism in the Bible, they're a person who is saying, I personally have chosen Christ and I am believing, mm-hmm. right? And so there, there comes a question of age, how old could the child be? And we would say, as soon as they could understand the gospel, articulate it back to you, really internalize it to a significant degree, they're ready to be baptized. Mm. But if they're one years old, how can you articulate the gospel, yeah. right? So a couple other thoughts on this. I think some people would say, oh my goodness, my grandmother's going to be furious, right? What we would say is, listen, I think the intention of grandma when you were baptized as a baby was good. Yeah. Her intention was to dedicate you to God. So we don't want to dishonor that intention. What we would say, what I would say is, you should be baptized now as a believer because it's your choice. Mm -hmm. And so now you're saying, hey, as a believer, and maybe you've been a believer for a long time, you never really thought about this. As a believer, I am being baptized because in honor of what grandma did when I was baby, I'm doing it now as an adult, choosing it myself. And so we always encourage people to be baptized by their own volition. So you mentioned uh, understanding the gospel and you used the reference of a baby. Yep. But what if I was a brand new Christian? Yep. Is this something that I would do the day after? Or right. should I start to understand the gospel and what baptism means to me yep. before I take that step? Yep. I would encourage them to get baptized right away. Okay. So whenever in the Bible someone is putting their faith in Christ, they immediately then follow with baptism. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's almost always instantly, like the next day or that day or right away, they're saying, hey, I'm going to get baptized. So I never encourage me like, well, let me understand the Bible for the next 10 years and then I'll get baptized. Listen, you're always progressively going to be growing in your understanding of God. Mm -hmm. If you've trusted Jesus for your salvation, go get baptized. If you've said yes to Christ, obey him in baptism now. And so uh, my encouragement is always, as soon as you say, hey, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus, I've trusted Christ, you're gonna learn more about what that means for the rest of your life. You do not need a PhD. Some churches say, well, they gotta go through all these classes before they, and listen, I think the intentions of that is good, 
But I would just go back again to the Bible and say, where is that? Because in the book of Acts, like Peter preached Acts chapter two, everybody heard they were baptized. Bing. It wasn't like, then they all went to an eight week class where they understood (laughs) it's just not in there, right? They were just baptized. Does that mean that some of them were probably confused? Yeah. Does that mean that some of them probably didn't fully understand? Yeah. It was messy, but that's what they did. And so it was their outward symbol of faith in Christ. Mm, their act of faith. That's it. And so the question that kind of sparked this whole conversation, someone uh, wrote in and said, We love those who write in. Yeah, we love those who write in. They wanted to know if they've stepped away from the faith for a period of time. Yep. Uh, they didn't give a specific amount of time, but if they stepped away, they, you know, they didn't necessarily were following, yep. going to church, the whole should they get rebaptized? Should they recommit right. themselves to the Lord? Yep. So this is an issue of conscience, right? And so there's two sides to this coin, and and we walk with people through this all the time, right? So first of all, there's the person that is really battling with guilt, with shame, and every time they sin, they think they got to get rebaptized. And and like, listen, if you do that, you're gonna have to get baptized every single day, you know, multiple times a day. And so that's not a healthy way to live because what you're trying to do really is you're trying to add works to appease your conscience, okay? Mm-hmm. You're trying to say, hey, if I do this, will God love me more? And what you have to come to terms with is you are a sinner and God cannot love you any more than he already does. You're far more sinful than you even imagined and you're far more loved than you've ever deserved. So receive his grace and you don't have to get resaved every week. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get rebaptized every week. You know, like for me, when I first raised my hand to say yes to Jesus, the next week I raised my hand again. And the week after, I did it for like a while until yeah. one of the pastors sat me down and said, why do you keep raising your hand? I said, well, I sinned this week. And they're like, brother, <laughs> welcome to Christianity, right? And so, you know, that's one side of the coin, okay? The other side of the coin is a person that says, hey, I really did completely walk away from God and I want to make a fresh start and a fresh statement and commitment of faith and my conscience feels compelled to be baptized. Mm -hmm. There is nothing in the Bible that says you can't be baptized twice. It doesn't require it. But if you in your conscience feel compelled by what you believe to be the Lord to be baptized, I'm not going to stop you. I mean, I would say, okay, let your conscience be clear and obey God in this act of faith. I don't think it's going to hurt you. It would be immature to constantly be getting baptized all the time, right? But uh, if a person's conscience really compels them, they say, I was baptized at 12, but I've lived for the last 10 years like I hated God and I sense that I need to be baptized. Well, then obey him. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get in the way of that. Mm -hmm. I don't think it hurts you to, to get baptized. I think it's an act of humility before God. He's going to honor it. Oh, that's so good. And I know a lot of our listeners, they've joined us over the last year and a half. They yep. haven't necessarily been to a service yeah, at all. Right. So what are they going to expect going to the baptism service? Yep. Let's just, you know, we'll use New Haven for, yes. for instance. Yep. What should they expect going in and what is the process of them actually getting baptized? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we encourage people to sign up ahead of time so that we can try to, you know, get some, get some numbers, <laughs> some numbers it, yeah. but it does get crazy because people sign up that day yeah. and people decide that day to get baptized. So at every location, we will have live baptisms. People will be baptized at every location all across New England that we're, that we're meeting. And uh, when you get there, uh, people that were not prepared, we actually prepare for you. So we buy t-shirts, we buy, you know, uh, flip-flops, we buy shorts for people who decide that day, I need to obey God mm-hmm. and be baptized. And so it's always exciting for those to make that decision right away. But it's better if you are prepared. So bring your own stuff, bring a change of clothes. They'll go over this with you when you sign up. But when you get there, uh, we do pull those people out of the service for a few minutes just to talk them through what is baptism, what does it mean. We have a little card that kind of just outlines this is baptism, this is why it's important, a lot of the stuff we just talked about. And then uh, during the sermon portion, I'll speak just for a couple minutes, 
and then we'll jump right into baptism. So people have an opportunity oftentimes in our services to very briefly share, you know, what does it mean to follow Jesus to you? And when we ask that question, we're not looking for people to give us like this perfect theological answer. Like Mm -hmm. I was dead in my transgressions and sins and Jesus says, like, that's not what we're looking for. We're just looking for an honest reflection of the value of Christ in your own life. Mm -hmm. And so people give one or two sentences on, here's the value of Christ in my life. And that's just a way for them to personally express their love for God. And again, you don't have to give a dissertation. We're not, I know people really are terrified of public speaking. It's not like a public speaking sermon. Like, in fact, we got a lot of people to baptize, yeah. so we can't have you chatting for too long. But uh, but we do want to give just a brief opportunity for people to say, hey, Jesus means so much to me. And then they're baptized. We baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what the scripture describes. And so then we literally, there'll be two of our leaders that are in the baptismal with you. They'll ask you to cross your hands and plug your nose, mm-hmm. and then we'll pray for you. We'll, you'll go under the water just for a moment, and then you'll come out. We do baptism by immersion, so that means completely under the water, completely out. As far as we can tell in Scripture, that's how they did it. They didn't sprinkle people. Mm-hmm. I know there's exceptions when people have disabilities or whatever. We work with that. I think the Lord is gracious in those ways. But generally, we do by immersion, and then we pray for the person when they come out of the out of the baptism. We try to have some one-on-one prayer with every person after baptism. Just pray praying that the past is broken, that sin is broken, and that new life, the power of the Holy Spirit will define their life moving forward. And those are powerful prayer times yeah. after baptism. So mm-hmm. yeah, pretty do cool. You, do you remember when you were baptized? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Can you give us a little story about Pastor what Pastor James like? Roundtree. Yeah, yeah. I was a teenager. I met Jesus at 13 years old at Church on the Rock in downtown New Haven. Uh, one Long Wharf. Actually, it's a DCF, Department of Children and Families, mm. uh, office now. Yep. And uh, I was there during my DCF training. When my wife and I became foster parents, and we, uh, I found the cubicle that is now where the baptismal used to be. Wow. And uh, that's where I was baptized. But Pastor James Roundtree was the person who baptized me. He talked uh, me through kind of the whole process before I was baptized. And then I made that public commitment of faith. Um yeah, as a teenage kid, I was probably 14 years old. Yeah. And I really do believe that the Lord honored that commitment, that it was a line in the sand, and I really never turned my back on Jesus. Thank you, God, by His grace alone. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean I didn't have major wipeouts and failures and sins like everybody does at times, but it really does mean that that was a turning point for me. And I hadn't grown up in faith before that, and so it was significant for my life. I mean, I hadn't grown up going to church every week or even caring about God at all. And so as a teenage kid, uh, this was transformative. And uh, the Holy Spirit kept me, man. He kept me, and uh, my faith began to grow. And I was a hot mess for years, and he's working with me ever since. Yeah, he's working with all of us. Yeah, that's he's it. He's working with all that's of us. It. So I just wanted to mention uh, real quick on a on a side note. You yeah. mentioned DCF, and yes. I just want to say congratulations to you Thank and you. your family yeah. for finally, yeah. finally, Thea is part she of is. your family. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just being on the outside looking in and how you guys have, have raised this little girl and it is amazing. It is such like, you want to give us a little, little recap of what that, what that felt like? Yeah. I mean, just wild ride two and a half years. We've been in the process with DCF always felt like the Holy spirit prompted our hearts that this little girl would be a permanent part of our family, Mm -hmm. you know? And so trusting God every step of the way. And it's, it's funny. It's kind of weird. Uh, the, the, the final day, you know, like the moment the decree came forth and it was like, she is now the exact same as a biological child in your home. Boom. And you know, Mm -hmm. it was like, 
it was almost a relief. It was weird. It, it felt like it felt like I had been. It sounds terrible, but it felt like I had been like accused of a crime I didn't commit, and I'd been on trial for two years. Yeah. And finally, they were like, "Case the 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 charges are dropped. You can go home." It was like this relief, like no more phone calls, no more mm. classes, no more check ins, no more. Are, it, does the does the smoke detector have batteries? Yeah. Like just and I get it. Like DCF does a great job of just walking with foster parents. And so, but after two and a half years, we were like, we're just ready for some closure and. Mm. And it was, uh, yeah, I found myself, I'm not kidding, um, multiple times since that moment, I'll just be alone, I'll start crying. Yeah. Because it's just like, God, we're just really grateful. And uh, and yeah, just, it's a relief. And and we've been walking by faith, and that's that's awesome. So we've been in a place of confidence, not like we've been in fear, but um, when, when, the, when it's done, there is just a shift. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah. I mean, well, that little little smile. Oh, tell me Oh, about man. She's, she's a dream. She is such a cutie. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. So real quick, before we sign off, I just wanted to get back to, uh, get back to baptisms. If people yes. wanted to sign up, how do they sign up? Is it via the website? Do they email someone? <laughs> I mean, how, yeah. how do they I get... I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure you can sign up on the website. <laughs> Bro, um, Bro yeah, is, is getting yeah. very, if, very upset. Yeah, right. right yeah. Yeah. They don't tell me anything yeah. anymore, right? I yeah, just yeah. the Vox team's text. <laughs> Kurt gets the text. I don't get the text. That's all. Oh, that's a man. different podcast. Yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, I think honestly, you know, Kurt, how do they sign up? Info at voxchurch.org. <laughs> yeah. We, I promise, we'll figure it out there. Or you can go on the website, or you can just pray in yeah. faith, and someone will call you. No, over the know. over the next couple of weeks, I know they have a uh, all information at the next yes. step and next step. Yeah, tables of course, in you can back. always go to next step yeah. in the back any um, service. Yeah. But trust me, if you guys want to be baptized, they will. It'll make happen. It. They will make. Make it happen. That's right. That's and, right. you know, make sure if you have been going on, if you've been watching church online, just go to your nearest campus and yes. get and get some information or just go and, and be baptized that We day. had somebody, one more thing. We had somebody at our last baptism in the middle of COVID drive down from Vermont yeah, because yeah. they saw it streaming, streaming online live, and yep. came all the way to baptisms and got baptized. I'm telling you, the Lord will honor that. Mm, He'll honor yeah. that. And so, yeah, yep. make the drive. We'd love to be a part of that I mean, moment. any tug in your heart at all yeah. like for this topic make sure you act on it because that act of faith just like yes. Justin said will go so far so again if you guys have questions about baptisms or anything that you would like to hear on the podcast make sure you reach out to us at in um at Beyond we Sunday. don't know how you can do anything here. <laughs> Beyond Sunday at foxchurch.org and we'll be happy to get back to you JK it's always a pleasure oh, my joy all right we'll see you guys next week